Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So my dad and I were hiking back in late November 2005, in a Yellowstone National Park. Anyway the day was already getting late when we headed out, the weather horrible. No wind but there were showers and hail and slush, about 3 degrees it was out. We were the only ones in the area hiking, parking lot was empty both when we arrived and left. So after about an hour of Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux. XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiking randomly up lodging roads and trails we were a good several clicks into the area when we take a break by a small stream in a small gully. Anyways we smell this horrible scent, sorta skunkish, with a human and fish scent mixed in. Anyways neither of us has ever smelt anything like this before and we both have encountered every large animal there is out here on the coast. Because there was no wind, we knew it was close. So we keep going along this hillside. Above us 50 feet is an old overgrown logging slash. Below us, a thickly wooded slope, could see maybe a hundred feet down the slope. Anyways we get this feeling we are being followed, the forest becomes too silent. Even the local ravens didn't make a sound. We smell this scent another two times, stronger. So we begin hiking faster. As we come out of a small gully we hear a crash. Spinning around we race back to the crest and look back down. Something large and tall, easily taller than my dad who is six foot, disappears into the bush. We just catch a glimpse of dark brown. Cause neither of us is armed we continue on at full pace, knowing there is a logging road ahead. Again we smell this weird smell. We heard noises from the old logging meadow above us. Whatever it is is moving very silently. Yet the odd time it would break a branch or bump a small tree. Anyways, I've been followed by bear and cat before, neither moved like this. It was way too silent to be either, just for the record, grizzlies aren't in this area but I have encountered them before too, after we round a bend in the slope, we hear movement again. It was on the lower side of us now, or so it seemed. After another few minutes we hear it again, and smell it. Now it was moving on the upper side of us, just over a low ridge, maybe a hundred feet away. By now we can see the logging road a hundred or two hundred feet ahead. Then this thing let out a cry. It sent a shiver down my spine. My dad, who I have never seen afraid before except the one time I was near death, another story, went cold. It sounded the cross between a whoop, a human, and something unknown. It lasted for about five seconds. We turned and ran to the road. Running down the road we pass a junction and continue heading south. I dropped something a few seconds later, about 200 feet past the junction. I stop, turn, and pick it up. Up amongst the trees something tall and dark ducked out of sight. What it was I haven't a clue but it was tall and fairly slim. It was too dark to really tell what it was, getting close to dark. And so we run back to the parking lot. Unfortunately it snowed the next day, several inches, otherwise we would have gone back and searched for evidence of this occurrence. Which, to this day, scares the both of us off. Nevertheless, this is the only time I have ever been scared in the woods.
I went on an expedition in Yellowstone National Park, last fall. I went with a buddy who had been on a few, and who would turn down some camping time. I would have categorized myself as a serious skeptic at the time, especially after last summer's Bigfoot hoax. Everybody on the expedition seemed pretty knowledgeable about the outdoors, open, and very honest. We hiked some at night and some of the more experienced ghosts tried wood knocks and calls. Sometimes they would get a very faint answer. Whether it was the real deal or a local half a mile off having fun, I couldn't tell, and I wasn't entirely convinced. We did hear something in the camp near our tent at night, as there were some dead leaf cover. It definitely sounded bigger than a raccoon or a possum. Other members pointed out what they said were tracks in the leaves nearby. Nothing definitive, mind you, but they were kinda foot-shaped and dwarfed my friend's size 17 boots. My buddy and I got to go off with some very cool Gen 3 night vision equipment later in the weekend. He's about 6 feet 7 and 400 pounds, so he's no wallflower. We were about 1,000 meters or so ahead of the rest of the group on an old logging road, and we were watching some bats flying around through the night vision. I suddenly had a very uneasy feeling, like I was being watched, and the hair on my neck immediately stood on end. About three seconds later my friend whispers, something isn't right. We need to go back to the group. I have to admit my uneasy feeling went to genuine fear pretty quick. We never told anybody else about it, but he admitted that he had the same exact feeling, and was pretty damn scared. All of this could have a rational explanation, pranks or the like, but it was pretty damn creepy. I'm not convinced there is something out there, but shook my skeptical view. Several years ago my dad and I went to a Yellowstone Natonal Park. We used to get together every couple of months and camp out overnight and just hang out together. Well this night we decided to just take a van, he was a park ranger so he could use a van inside the park, and sleep in it instead of setting up a tent and dragging all the gear out there. We were sitting around the fire just talking and he said that he had not brought his gun. He never goes anywhere without his gun. I had left mine at the house because I figured he had brought his. Then neither one of us brought flashlights so if something did happen we could not see anything. We were sitting around the fire just talking when 50 feet or so behind we heard something big moving through the bushes and palmettos. We both stopped and looked at each other regretting not having a flashlight or a gun. I asked if he heard it too. I could tell by the look on his face he had. We both have grown up in the woods and know what a deer, armadillo, raccoon, or an opossum sound like. This was not anything like that. The worst part was it was just outside of our vision. Then it stopped. We were trying to see what it was but couldn't make anything out of the darkness. We started to walk toward the area and then whatever it was took off beside the river and jumped across the boat landing area, a good 10 feet. I heard one foot hit the left side of the water and then another foot hit the right side and it took off into the woods. It was so big that you could feel the ground shake when it was running. It was definitely on two feet. I am six feet two and 230 pounds and I am not afraid to say I was scared shitless. My dad was pretty shook up and we decided it was best to get in the van for the night.
Later on that night about 2 a.m. we were laying in our sleeping bags when the most god-awful scream woke us up. I sat up and asked my dad if he heard it. He said, what do you think? I was looking out of the windows trying to see what it was but couldn't see anything. I was trying not to crap myself but I decided I had to have a look at what it was. So I slowly opened the door to the van and stuck my head out to see if I could see something. Nothing. So I got out to get a better view and still nothing so I figured while I was up I would take a leak. I walked to the edge of the woods and start doing my business when all of a sudden something hairy touched my leg. I about screamed like a little girl when I turned around. There was a big dog that rubbed the back of my leg. I have no idea where he came from. I almost peed all over the front of my shorts trying to turn around and see what it was and almost had a heart attack. My dad and I laughed hard about that part. But to this day I will never know what ran through the woods and I refuse to go out there without a gun to this day. Back in the 80s I was something of an adventurer and did a lot of rock climbing and caving in Yellowstone. Amazingly with all the rough camping I did in Yellowstone, nothing weird ever happened there. Near one cave we used to visit frequently there was a property where a cult we loosely called the Lobelia Devil people met. We never met any of them but I'm kind of glad we didn't. LOL. My story takes place far from Yellowstone. One of my caving buddies and I went on a three-week trip out west to do some caving and backpacking during this time. One night in the Tetons near Driggs, Idaho we were camped above the snow line on July 4th to 5th. In the middle of the night we were awaked by a really, really weird crying slash sobbing slash snuffling sound in the distance. It was so unusual we were wide awake instantly, listening intently for it to stop or go away. Instead this sound gradually got closer and closer to our tent. It went on and on without pause and got louder and louder. I mean, here we were at over 9,000 feet in our tent in the dark with this, creature, coming at us. We weren't armed. Neither of us had been raised with guns and had never owned any. Our food and food prep clothing were in a bag hung from a tree, just like you're supposed to do. This damn thing came right up to the tent literally within a foot of the fabric still making that spooky noise. We were truly terrified by this time, figuring the tent fabric would part at any moment and we'd be grabbed and eaten by some hungry carnivore. The sound was very loud. It circled the tent. Then, it just left. Just like that. Still making the original sound, it headed upslope into the snow among the scrub pine and eventually we stopped hearing it altogether. Needless to say, one or the other of us said to the other, what the F was that? We asked locals in town about the animal we encountered but there were no firm suggestions as to what it was. My buddy and I are both trained as scientists and are not superstitious at all, it certainly wasn't anything supernatural. It had to be some kind of critter like a skunk or possum since it didn't seem to be that high off the ground. It wasn't a bear. So there's my creepy story with mysterious noises in the howling wilderness darkness. When I was around 12 or 13 my dad and I were exploring an abandoned farm near Yellowstone National Park where we lived in. 
My dad grew up in the area and knew a lot about the local families and told me the farm was sold about 20 years before to the local sand and gravel company for surface mining. We got to the front door which was slightly ajar 4 to 5 inches but was held closed by vines and brush. We cut away enough to get through and went inside. The interior was as if a family had simply walked away leaving everything, but it had been ransacked. We looked through old papers and documents dated early 1900s, then decided after 20 minutes or so, to have a look upstairs. Dad led the way with me close behind, about three quarters way up the stairs a bedroom door slammed shut so hard it sounded like a gunshot. I don't remember whether it was me or Dad who made it out of that house first but it was a close race. We never went back, and we still laugh about it. Thinking back it was probably just a vagrant, but the house was very far off the road with no visible access as the driveway was so overgrown it couldn't be seen from the road. It still makes the hair on the back of my neck stand on end when I think about it. When I grew up, I had hiking wanderlust like a lot of you. I would hike countless miles through forest and undeveloped land. My mom had mentioned offhand that someday I would find a body out there somewhere. Back in 1994 I was a sophomore in college and I would hike to decompress. One day in early spring I was hiking in a block of public in Yellowstone. I was always looking for shed antlers but would check out anything that piqued my interests. I was walking along a small creek which was swelled from the runoff and it also was a trout stream. I was two miles from the closest bridge when I reached a small log jam and noticed something in the water. It was undulating in the current from under the jam and appeared to be an appendage. I couldn't believe it. I looked away and looked again, but it was unmistakable. There were two legs undulating in the current. Not only that, but I could now see what appeared to be the back of a human head wedged to the log at the head of the log jam. But wait, I asked myself why would legs be undulating in the current? So I took a deep breath, stretched my arm into the cold water and touched the head. It didn't feel like hair. So I grabbed it, pulled on it, and what came out? You guessed it, a full-size blow-up doll complete with orifices. Several years ago I was out chasing cows in Yellowstone. Our campsite was a place that I've camped at for years, going back to when I was a boy scout and I'm very familiar with the area. I was out with a friend of mine and we had set up camp in an open area near an old corral and were sleeping in separate tents about 20 feet apart. Sleeping on a camp pad has never been my favorite thing and as per the normal, I was up around 3 am working to get comfortable and fall back asleep. As I laid there, in silence, out of nowhere a very distinct and loud Indian flute being playing no more than 10 yards from my tent. I of course shot up and started looking through the mesh of my tent to see if I could see anything. When I couldn't make out the source with just the moonlight, I grabbed my flashlight and opened the tent door to see if I could find anything that could be making that sound. It was melodic and intentional. Not the accidental sound of wind moving against anything. It only lasted about a minute and just as quick as it started. It stopped. Searching around, I found nothing. This part of the desert isn't crazy thick. 
There are places someone could hide but there was nothing but low brush between me and where the sound was coming from. It was spooky enough that I couldn't go back to bed. When my hunting partner woke up in the morning, he asked if I had heard anything weird last night. My eyes got big and at the same time we both said, an Indian flute. We stayed there another few nights and didn't hear anything else but it was one of the stranger experiences I've had hunting. I was on a 68,000 acre deer lease about 10 years ago in a part of Yellowstone. It was really rough country with several old abandoned ranch houses slash buildings dotted across the ranch about 10 to 12 miles from the main house where we all slept. I had only been on the lease for a few weeks and some of the old timers told me they'd hunt until dark and then meet at an abandoned ranch home to cook and eat dinner together. So I packed my lunch for the day and a steak and side items to cook for dinner that evening. I rolled up on the building about an hour after dark and there were a couple of old vehicles with top racks on them parked outside. I opened the front door and it about came off the hinges. The place was damp and musty and smelled like bleach. The only light that was on was in the kitchen and it was pitch black down a long hallway. I felt a chill that something wasn't right but I continued down the hallway and followed the light into the kitchen. When I walked into the kitchen, I saw out of the corner of my eye several people sitting at a table with their backs turned to me. There was fresh blood all over the floor. Granted, the old house was literally falling apart, but I thought, did they really just field dress a deer or something in here? I said hello and nobody moved. As I walked around to the side of the table and looked at their faces, a chill ran up my spine and I had the worst taste in my mouth. Turns out they were mannequins dressed in clothing and I was the only one in the house. I don't even remember running out, but when I made it through the front door, everyone was outside laughing like crazy. It was some type of new guy initiation. I was scared beyond words and pissed at the same time. I've never been that scared in my life and in hindsight. I should have realized that it was a joke as soon as I saw the mannequins. But stories of Santeria activities around the Mexican border that they had told me about and cartel mule crossings across the ranch got the best of my imagination and I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Me, my best friend and his wife was camping out at our normal spot on an abandoned coal mine in Yellowstone. It was a clear night and there wasn't any breeze, I was cooking the rabbit I had killed earlier that day, I cleaned it about 100 feet away from our camp, it was about 7pm when we heard the leaves rustling about where we cleaned the rabbit, it was too big to be a rat or something similar to it, but it was too small to be a human, we're thinking a coyote smelt the rabbit and is looking for something to eat, I get my R and my shotgun ready, we wait a few minutes then we hear it again, my friend got the flashlight and started looking but we didn't see anything, so we sit down and keep cooking the rabbit, a few minutes later we hear it again, we're freaked out at this point so I fire off a round, surly that scared any animal off, we calm down and eat our supper, then about 15 minutes later we hear it again, so we get up and go looking, all the guts and stuff is gone, but we didn't see any tracks, so we go back to camp set around and talk about what happened that night then climbed in the tent and went to sleep, 
Then we check out the spot and look for tracks again the next morning nothing. One night my wife and I are awakened around 2.30 am by our two Jack Russell Terriers going nuts barking at the front door. These two dogs were very good watchdogs and did not alert at random noises so I took it serious. Inside of the house was totally dark but we always had the front porch light on. I had motion sensor lights on both sides of the house aimed towards the front porch so anything that walked onto the porch would trigger one of these lights first. Well first thing I notice is neither side light is on, so I'm thinking maybe it was a cat. I peer out one side of the window blind without moving it but I see nothing, so I look out my side window on the driveway side where my truck was parked and in my truck window reflection I can clearly see a man wearing shorts, no shirt, no shoes, and wavy brown hair down to his lower back, but could not see his face okay now my heart is pounding. 0.45 in hand and dogs still going nuts, I pull the shade to the side and nothing, side lights are still off and porch is totally empty. When I was very young, 10 year old, my dad would take us to various deer leases for the weekends here in central Texas. There were always cabins of some sort for us to stay in. This one weekend we went to a lease near Eagle Lake where there was an old A-frame house, one room affair really, that was at the end of a very windy road. You couldn't see the house until you came right up on it. Well, this one weekend, we came driving out of the oaks only to notice that there was smoke coming from the chimney, trash all over the yard, etc. There weren't any vehicles though. My dad stopped the truck, got out his rifle, glassed the house for a little while, then decided whoever was there must have cleared out when they heard the truck coming, and seeing as how there was no way we would have missed a vehicle leaving, they must have bugged out on foot. I still have dreams 20 years later about walking into the house to look around, whoever had been there obviously loved to smoke as there were ashes and cig butts everywhere. Most of the canned goods we stored up there had been eaten, the cans dumped in the yard, and there was a pot of deer corn, yes, deer corn, boiling on the stove. The thing that has stuck with me over the years was the smell and the open coloring books scattered on the table with crayons dropped in mid-coloring. Out there in the woods was some poor family with at least one kid, I imagine they sat watching us for quite some time before giving up and wandering off. My dad, lacking much sense, decided that we were staying the weekend. Yeah, didn't sleep much. At a similar locale, Deer Lease, Eagle Lake area, but a few years later, my cousin and I went out to check deer feeders slash stands. As we were crossing a field to get to a deer stand that was set up on poles 8 to 10 feet off the ground, we noticed what we presumed to be a head peering over the top of the wall watching us. We were a good 100 yards off, but it was obvious that something was in the stand. My cousin wanted to go check it out, but I got spooked. I don't know if it was that uneasy feeling of predation or my past encounter with vagrants at our lease, but I talked him out of confronting whatever was up there. We hustled back and told our dads what we had seen. We went back to the stand but didn't see anything watching us this time, so we crossed the field, climbed the pipe ladder to the landing. 
and found open cans of soup, some dirty clothes, and a mutilated fawn. Whoever had been squatting in our deer stand had killed and was eating a young deer without benefit of cooking, as far as we could tell. There was blood everywhere. It was grisly. We never did run into whoever was surviving out there, fortunate for him, because I was ready to shoot anything that moved after that. That's the last of my experiences, as you can imagine, I didn't enjoy going to deer leases as a kid. Me and a buddy were hunting on a small lease in North Florida. I walked with him to his stand, and began to push on to get to my stand for the afternoon hunt. It was bow season, and unfortunately, I didn't yet have a sidearm. About 100 yards out from my stand, I'm walking at a decent pace when a coyote walks out in the trail in front of me. My best guess at distance was maybe 40 yards. I freeze at about the exact second it realizes that I am something that doesn't belong in the trail. I already had an arrow knocked. As I drew back, it took one very assured step forward towards me, I let the arrow rip. The arrow flew just inches low. Of all the times to miss sigh. The coyote didn't even take notice to the bouncing arrow and immediately started a trot straight at me. Didn't have the time to knock another one so I'd be lined for the first tree. At some point around the 20 yard mark he split off the trail and I heard, what I thought, was him circling. Never saw him again after he left the trail. I believe he was more curious as he seemed to trot toward me instead of run, but I wasn't taking chances. Stayed in the tree for quite a while. My family has a farm near the Missouri-slash-Iowa border, and I've had a few experiences where I felt like something was following me and the flight instinct of fight or flight has set in. We've found some freshly killed deer, and they recently shot a young cougar on a farm a few miles away so we know there's a fully grown one around. I had one experience where I was scared to the point I won't go there again. Behind Fort Leavenworth is the Missouri River and miles and miles of swamp and forest that people aren't allowed into. One night we were camping a few miles downstream from the fort. We had one of the high-powered whatever million candle power spotlights, and we were shining it towards some points that jutted out into the river. On one of the points something reflected back, like two yellow eyes. As soon as the spotlight hit the reflections they moved back into the forest. About an hour later we were sitting by our fire fishing when a rock sailed over our heads and into the water in front of us. We got out of there and went into the city park where all the rest of the campers were. The next morning we came back and found the rock that almost hit us. It probably weighed 25 to 30 pounds. And the place we were sitting was uphill from where it had to have been thrown. During archery season three years ago I went out to set my stand for a hunt the next day all I had was my stand and pack, no weapon of any kind. As I am pushing through this little trail I look down and see a large pile of bear poo. I didn't think much of it and kept going. The trail broke into a small clearing, all the palmettos were pushed down flat. My first thought was bedding area for deer. Dumb I know. 
I took about two steps out into the little clearing, it was about eight feet around, and another big pile of bear crap, then another. Then it hit me, at the same time I heard the bear. I looked left and he wasn't more than 15 yards from me, popping his jaws. The only thing I could think to do was raise the stand over my head, make myself look bigger. Then I started yelling, hey bear, hey bear. Trying to scare him off. That didn't work, he hollered back in a low, loud growl. I know you're not supposed to run from bears, but guess what, I ran like hell. As fast as I could, dragging the stand with me. I stopped once, and he was off to the side of the trail keeping up with me, I didn't stay stopped long. I took off again. I broke out of trail where my truck was parked, dropped the stand and hurled myself into the bed of the truck. I could hear him crashing around in the brush, so I looked over the side of the truck and could see him just inside of the brush line. I stayed in the bed for what seemed like an eternity waiting for him to leave. Which he finally did. I got my stand, threw it in the truck and left. No hunt the next day. The only thing I could think of was he was sleeping in the bed as I approached and I woke him up, or it was a sow WA cub. But I guess it just proves the old adage of waking a sleeping bear. The couple stories of encounters with park rangers reminded me of the encounter I had a few years ago bear hunting in Yellowstone National Park that scared the crap out of me. I was hunting many miles down an old logging road near a place where the road had washed out that previous spring so it was essentially a dead end, no houses or farms around for miles. Right before dark the one night I heard a truck slowly coming down the road, then turn around at the washout. On its way back by it sounded like it stopped near where I had parked my truck for a couple minutes and then I heard it slowly drive off again. When I was walking out of woods towards my truck, I shut my headlamp off a little ways before I got to the road, I stepped out of the woods just enough to look both ways down the road and didn't see anyone or any vehicles, and it was dead silent. I walked quickly to my truck. When I got close I hit the unlock button on my key fob and my marker light turn on. When I did that all of a sudden I heard rustling in the brush near the front of the truck and then out steps a person from the woods. After he announced he was a game warden, I politely let him know how much I didn't appreciate him hiding in the woods and almost giving me a heart attack. He turned out to be a nice guy, checked my license, apologized for the scare and sent me on my way. I was hiking with my dog in a fairly popular area of Yellowstone when all of the sudden, both of our hackles went up. I looked around, didn't see anything, but everything in me was saying get out now and the dog was doing his low, warning snarl and kept turning back to look behind us, putting himself between me and whatever was behind us. Now, this dog, as a rule, walks about 6 inches from my left leg when we're out, but this time he walked behind me growling and checking behind us the whole way as we veered off the trail toward a well-used picnic site. Once we got to the picnic area, my dog stopped growling but wouldn't relax or look away from the fork in the trail, his whole body was tensed up like he was getting ready to fight. There were several groups of picnickers, so I felt safe enough to sit down and regroup. Even though I hadn't seen or heard a thing, 
I was really scared, heart pumping, ready to fight or flee. We sat there for about 15 minutes with our eyes glued to the fork where we'd gone off the trail and never saw anything or anyone pass by. I'm not sure what it was, but there was something out there and my instincts tell me that it was a bad person, don't ask how I know that, it was just the impression I got when the feeling came over me. Before I left I found a park services worker and told him what had happened, he all but laughed in my face and told me that it was a safe park and that I'd probably been spooked by a rabbit in the brush. I'm a country girl who grew up in Cougar. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're in bear country and I'm not easily frightened by much. There was someone or something bad out there that day and I hope it didn't get to anyone else. I was about 16, camping with a bunch of high school friends in the Yellowstone and being totally irresponsible shits like any teenager. We had a lot of .22 rifles and we had been blasting away, doing all kinds of stuff, one of my friends got hit in the knuckle by a ricochet. Anyway, night rolled around, we went to sleep around a nice campfire, and somewhere between that incredibly magical state between dreaming and sleeping I had an undeniably strong impression that there was a stray bullet in the fire that was about to be ignited by the flames. You know how the human mind gets in that state, it's a weird place to be that everyone has experienced. Sure enough, seconds after having this notion appear in my mind pop. A .22 round was triggered by the fire. It's a miracle no one was hurt on that trip. Since then I've never experienced anything like that, it was a once in a lifetime experience. Just another piece of anecdotal evidence on the massive pile for the case of human psychic ability take it for what it's worth. I'll also note that once on a solo mountain biking trek in the Francis Marion National Forest in SC, after watching the Blair Witch Project, I've never pedaled faster to get out of a place. Swamps creep me out, big time.
My uncle Bobby spent all his time in the Honey Island Swamp as so my father may he rest in peace, fishing, hunting, and camping. And of course drinking. My father and uncle loved to play jokes with me. One morning we went to bait traps and go check lines, and off on one of the banks was a timber wolf. My uncle said that he never saw one anti swamp before, only in the timber areas of it. Very odd. So we went on fishing, later that night at the camp just from returning from fishing. I was in the front of the boat and as soon as we docked, I jumped out not even looking, and my father and uncle always made me wrap the rope around my hand in case of alligator attack, or something they would never say. My uncle threw the boat in reverse and I went in the water, my father grabbed my arm and yanked me back into the boat. My uncle started shooting. I thought it was an alligator fixing to get me. Come to find out that that timber wolf followed us all the way back to the camp and when I got out of the boat he was going to jump me slash pounce me. My uncle killed it, four feet from where I was standing. A timber wolf is very big and aggressive. 544 Magnum shots killed it. In this story I was 14 years slash O. Second. Four years later we were getting ready to run lines and me and my father got to the swamp really late. The road was muddy and even with lights on high beams, and fog light on, it was dark. The Honey Island Swamp is a very scary and dark place at night. You cannot see 10 feet in front with a truck light on and my uncle was already there field dressing about 15 catfish and a loggerhead turtle. Once we got there, my uncle called my father over to him. When I started to walk over my father told me to get the gear and food out of the truck. My uncle was basically raised in the swamp, and knew everything about it. Smells, water changes, everything. If something was wrong, he would know. My uncle and father was outside fixing to start drinking. They kept looking around as if something was wrong. I asked but they ignored me and told me to stop talking. I was there also, trying to decide on drinking some moonshine. Right when I was going to drink some, there was a loud, crashing sound running in the woods and thumping on a tree in the woods. My father and uncle reached inside and grabbed the biggest guns they could find and gave me a 45 to shoot. They told me if I see anything move to shoot and don't stop until I run out. My uncle had a 44 mag and an R15, my father had a 10 gauge shotgun and a 50 caliber pistol. My father and uncle turned on the lights all around could the camp. And it seemed like you could see something moving right outside of the lights where the dark started with amber colored eyes. It looked like something crouched down and when it stood up. And it was freaking big you could tell. The smell would gag you, very horrible smell, rotten eggs, and sewer. They shot a couple of rounds in the direction of the sound and a loud high-pitched scream that would make the hair all over your body stand on end. Cold chills run all over your body, it was not human. I will be honest, after I heard that, I shat myself, I never heard that before. They stayed up all night long talking about the thing and the next morning they searched the area and found a log that was broken off a limb, 10 feet up in the tree. There was a very little blood trail that went deep into the wooded areas where my uncle said that it is not safe to go. That right there scared me shitless, and to this day. I will never step foot in the Honey Island Swamp again.
On my uncle's deathbed, I asked him about it and he told me to ask my father. And I did, my father was diagnosed with leukemia in 2007 and died after three months. Prior to his death, he told me a story about a honey island swamp monster. That was big and hairy like a big foot reddish hair short on body but somewhat long on the head and neck area. But was that when he smells blood and rotting organs, fish and turtle guts, it will come up to the area and try to scare you off. Or possibly attack. It could rip the throat out of a wild swamp boar with one slash of the arm. If you think I'm bullshitting you. My father asked me to promise him for me never to go in there ever. And that is one promise that I will keep till I die. Me and some teenage friends decided it would be fun to go out into Kramer's field in Alaska, one dark fall night which is a maze of wilderness trails and wooden little bridges over a swampy-like area. Well we got deep in there without losing our nerve until we heard a loud scream. Like nothing I've ever heard. It was like a woman being murdered. All three of us freaked out at saying let's get the hell out of here, was extremely creepy. We had no light, we were disorientated, and almost started running off blindly in any direction just as long as it was in the opposite direction of the scream. It felt like at any moment you might start hearing something running behind you and then stabbing or clawing you in the back. It took a few minutes for us to calm down and figure out which way to get out of there. After we did we phoned it into the police. It should have scared us but didn't. A hermit's cave, with sleeping bags, blankets, storage box, water bottles, cloths and books, and no hermit just over the hill is an active mountain lion den, with fresh kills. My friend and I booked it home after counting a dozen deer skeletons, but it was logic, not panic that got us out of there. We never did find the hermit. Someday I may go back and look for it. We found two other old camping sites with all the supplies still there, too. One was probably four or five years old, one much much older, wool blanket, bamboo mat, walking stick old, but never any food or human remains. The other time was a camping trip to a local ash pit. About 10 of us camped in tents, or just sprawled out in the sand around the fire. At dawn, the coyotes circled the camp and howled, and when it was light enough to see, we found bobcat tracks cutting through our camp, between tents and sleeping bags, around the fire, and on. No one ever saw or heard it, but it had passed through us some time in the night. Maybe we're not sensitive enough to feel it. Or maybe it isn't hunting us. I don't know, but the wilderness in that area has never been particularly dangerous. Even the rattlesnakes are unnaturally tame. Sometimes I wonder if the creepy part is that it's not creepy when it should be. This happened about 30 years ago. I went hunting with my dog a shepherd smoid mix male at that time about 6 years old. Really didn't give a hoot about the hunt more of a walk with the dog. He is out about 20 to 25 yards ahead doing his thing, when he stops looks into the woods to his front. I move up to him saying what do you see? 
We start moving in the direction he is looking with him right beside me about 10 yards or so he stops so do I looking where he is not seeing anything. I continue for about 5 to 10 more yards he is behind me not moving or coming when I call. I have a single shot 12 gauge I get this really weird feeling, not seeing anything or hearing anything I back up to where he is we then move away from the area with him right beside. After about 60 yards or so he is out in front doing his thing again. Same area about 15 years earlier, me and a buddy are out with our .22 having a good time shooting bottles and cans in the river. While we move into the woods we hear this loud scream never heard it before or since. We move through the woods not seeing and birds chipmunks or any sound we come to this old tram road cross it and the wildlife is there. I have been to this area since many times with other dogs never had any problems. My first day, on my first western archery elk hunting trip in Colorado with my 50 year old uncle. We dropped into this deep bowl and hunted it for the day slash afternoon. Our GPS's weren't working great and we got a little off course and ended up going a really steep way out after dark. Being it was our first day and still hadn't acclimated to the elevation change it was really slow moving due to the steepness and the thick timber slash brush. He was getting pretty gassed so we were taking a lot breaks. During the breaks we would shine our headlamps around to see if there was a little better way up he said he kept seeing eyes. Me not wanting to believe him and trying to remain calm I told him to shrug it off let's just focus on getting out of here. As we progressed up I started seeing the same flashes and heard small twigs breaking closer and closer. It took us over two hours to get up and out and finally once we reached the open top the uneasiness faded and we started casually strolling back to our four-wheeler. After about 50 yards my uncle shines to left and there are five plus coyotes 10 feet away, eyes locked on us and lowered aggressively to the ground. All we had was our bows and knives so we just shouted and clapped and they scurried off. It was another 250 yards to the wheeler and we had to scare them off three more times. They even tried circling across the trail behind us and sneaking onto our right side. We counted seven in total. Some takeaways, always carry a sidearm, never underestimate how steep something is, always take into consideration your hunting partner's capabilities, and never let your hunting partner carry elk estrus wafers in their backpack. I was about 17 when this took place. On our farm where we hunt whitetails our neighbors lease their land out. Well this particular year the leasees were blatantly breaking the law continuously including shooting our hunting stands and shooting in our vicinity to try to get us to leave. We called the game warden out and gave him a key to our property to attempt to catch them. The game warden would call every time he went out. I went out to my stand never received a call from the game warden sat there spotting for a while when I noticed about 250 yards away what appeared to be a large clump of grass very very slowly moving. I got my rifle out since the scope had more magnification and started watching it wondering what the hell it was. Well being young and dumb I thought screw it there's no deer out let's shoot it. I guess that game warden heard my thoughts as I was looking at this patch of grass slowly moving getting ready to chamber around. He turned his head and I can plan as day see his face staring at me. 
I almost dropped my damn rifle out of the stand. Later on that day I got to talk to him and profusely apologized for aiming at him I left out the other part. He apologized for not giving us a call and all was well. So lesson learned that day and very thankful that game warden looked at me. Was hunting sheep with my dad a few years ago. In the middle of the day, we heard something in the rocks below us. After a few minutes we saw a horse running as if the hounds of hell were on his heels. It went up the side of a mountain I didn't think you could get a horse if your life depended on it. We grabbed our rifles because we thought there had to be wolves chasing this horse. About five minutes later it wheeled around I ran back out of the drainage through some of the nastiest boulders and rocks. When we left the mountains few days later there was a note on our windshield asking if we had seen this horse to call him. Turns out he was hunting at the other end of the valley more than five miles away. Horse broke his lead shank in the night and took off. Don't know what happened to him. It was nothing short of a miracle he hadn't broken a leg the way he was running through the rocks like that. While I was walking the fence row next to the woods and heard a twig snap. Well since I was deer hunting I thought all right come to papa. I stopped and listened for a while nothing then another twig snap and some rustling in the weeds to my right. Then all heck broke loose I had walked right in the middle of a pack of coyotes. Well needless to say my heart was in my throat. I simply turned around and walked out and yes they followed me. Later that day I went back and found their tracks in the creek. Well coyotes weren't the only tracks a couple of very big dogs were running with them. I have heard that when coyotes move into an area they sometimes mate with feral dogs and then after their population grows they stop the practice. I probably was very lucky that morning as there were enough of them they would have had no problem with me. I have never bought into the myth that a coyote will not attack a human. They will. Bow hunting in Illinois you are not allowed a sidearm or gun of any kind. A friend and I were on a camping trip here in Northeast Texas. The hike to the campsite was boring. Nothing of real interest happened. We set up camp, cooked some deer meat we had brought with us, sat back and talked for an hour or so. Then, for some reason we both looked at the sky at the same time. It was night by then. It looked like the sky had ripped open and there was a blinding white light behind it. Imagine the sky as a black sheet. Now imagine that sheet being ripped open and the brightest white light you have ever seen shining through it. It stayed like that a good 30 seconds or so and then. Just fixed itself, weirdest dang thing I have ever seen. We were both dumbfounded. We have both seen shooting stars and meteorites before and this was nothing like that. People have seen crazy stuff like that and UFOs in this area for a long time. I have seen a UFO. But I'll tell that story later. I've had two scary slash freaky experiences. The first one I was in Maui just a few years ago. I had taken a trail that follows the coast for a few miles. I started late cause I wanted some cool sunset photos. 
I did end up getting some real sweet shots, but when I started heading back, it was almost totally dark. I had a little flashlight with me, nothing too powerful. The trail was deserted and I hadn't seen anyone for an hour or so. Maybe half a mile from the car, I got that weird spooky feeling. I reminded myself of story two, coming up, and told myself not to freak myself out. I did start flashing my light in different directions, just in case, to check the surroundings. At one point, I shined the light behind me and something ran across the trail real fast about 30 feet away. I don't know what the hell it was, but it was white and it was big. Scared the living bejesus out of me. Yeah, I picked up the pace right there. I finally made it back to the car and I hightailed it out of there real quick like. To this day I have no clue what it was. The second scary incident happened when I was 18, about 20 years ago. I was riding bikes with my buddy on a mountain road. It was getting dark and we were still making our way back to his car when I got a flat tire. Didn't have a spare or a patch, so I started walking. We decided that he would continue on, get the car, and come pick me up. I kept walking. Soon, it got totally dark. And I mean totally dark. No stars, no moon, no city lights nearby. It was real dark. I let my imagination wander a bit, but I wasn't nervous or anything, until I heard a noise up ahead. Something was in the bushes. I thought it was a squirrel or something, so I made some noise to scare it off. I walked a bit more and heard the noise again. Something was sneaking in the bushes ahead of me. I started humming a tune and banged on my bike a bit to make more noise. A few more steps and I heard it again, louder. I was getting pretty freaked out by now. I stopped and took a quick inventory of defensive equipment at my disposal. I was debating between using the plastic mini bike pump or the bike itself as a weapon. I decided that using the bike as a shield was probably my best bet. I strained my ears and didn't hear anything, so I kept moving forward, bike at the ready. I didn't go more than 10 steps when I heard the sound again and it was almost right next to me. I strained my eyes and found the creature skulking in the brush. A plastic grocery bag stuck on a branch. Every time the wind blew, it would shake the bushes. Needless to say, I survived that harrowing encounter. My National Guard unit was assisting the Border Patrol in Arizona. We were in groups of four spaced way out on an Indian reservation. It took about an hour of four-wheeling to get to our site. This reservation was over a million acres and laid between two mountain ranges, the East Range had a huge rock face rising out towards the sky, and one of the Indians told me that there is a giant cave beneath it where it is believed that all of their spirits go for the afterlife. Anyway, one of the guys on my team decided to bring a little handheld radio to pass the time. He and I were on point for the night shift and he found this local Indian station that was playing this spooky rain dance tribal chanting music. At about 4 a.m. he walked over to do an NVG scan and left me alone with this creepy music. I guess it was a combination of that, the wind slapping the tent, and the sleep deprivation that finally freaked me out. It was like my senses just took off and every little noise made my heart race faster. 
Plus we were quite vulnerable to an attack with the position we were assigned to. Some Humvees were smashed earlier by drug runners throwing boulders down onto them. Stupid place to be, I thought anyway. I will never forget that long long night just waiting for some shit to go down, it never did though. I can't imagine what it is like for troops in a no BS combat situation like Vietnam, Iraq, etc. I can see how that would mess with your head for quite a while. Not backcountry, but whitetail hunting probably 10 to 12 years ago. I was bow hunting a piece of private property, I was the only person hunting that evening on a couple hundred acres. I was walking out through the middle of it after dark, and of course had forgotten a flashlight. Not a big deal as I walked down the wooded side of a fence that bordered planted pines and a large open field with plenty of moonlight. I'm probably one quarter mile or so from the truck and from behind me as I walk down the fence line I hear a very distinct sound of wood hitting wood. Like someone hit a fence post with a wooden bat or a 2 by 4 I stop and turn around and yell who's there? And the, the knock rings out again. It seems so close to me that I can't believe I can't see what is making the sound. Again, knock. Very very loud and seemingly even closer. Very controlled sound, not limbs breaking and hitting the ground or anything. Just loud, hollow sounding knocks. I knock an arrow and draw back and I'm trying to look down the fence line around my bow and I scream I'm going to shoot. F off. And I never heard it again. I walked backwards quickly down the fence line and ran to my truck when I got to the road. When I was a teenager my friends and I would. Herm. Sneak off into the woods to goof off and whatnot. This was in Holland and the woods were actually part of the Dutch army base. There was a place we would go to watch them train with their tanks and even our tanks sometimes. There were even old World War II bunkers that were completely abandoned that we would use to get out of the rain. Well one evening we decided to head out to a spot that was in the middle of acres of short, 8 feet pine trees. We were teenagers and we were going to smoke them funny cigarettes. This particular spot was a very small clearing with two average-sized trees and a bush. We formed a little circle of six teenagers. Nice mixture of boys and girls. Pretty neat stuff, if you can remember what it was like at 16 years old. You know hormones and stupid in equal measure. Without being crude my attention was on the girls. We were there for about 20 minutes or so. And we were all feeling good laughing and joking. We started out when the sun was setting and by this time it was full on night. No one had a flashlight and because of where we were no one thought to build a fire. Funny how you don't remember some things and how some things seem to stick forever. I still remember my buddy sitting across from me say, that bush looks like a dude. We all looked and of course we all laughed. I thought he was just trying to scare the girls and well we were of altered states. The bush stood up. We ran. Stupid slasher flicks. I personally ran so fast and blindly I had welts from the pine trees for two days all over my arms and face. Some places I looked like A was hit with a switch and others I looked like I might have measles. 
Evidently the Dutch army was doing some kind of training, we must have given some Dutch soldier a great laugh. Yeah, I was stupid teenager. My experience with the strange slash spooky slash intuition didn't happen in the outdoors at all and is nowhere near as creepy as some of the stories here. Was about 22 years old and going out with a hippie chick that was into candles and such at that stage. I had fallen asleep one night, she was reading and had candles alight. Few hours later I'm woken up by someone physically shaking me from side to side quite violently, poking me and a familiar woman's voice, never been able to place it, calling my name and alarm maybe three or four times and telling me to wake up. My girlfriend was fast asleep beside me, the candles had burned right down, the liquid beeswax slash paraffin had soaked into the top of the desk they'd been sitting on and into some papers and other flammable materials, hit the heavy curtains and the whole lot was just beginning to go up in flames quite impressively, wouldn't have taken much longer to get very out of hand. The girlfriend only woke up as I started putting the fire out, so she hadn't been the one to wake me. There was no one else in the room, doors were all locked, but someone had definitely physically shaken me awake and warned me. Me and a friend were on a canyoneering trip in Utah, we got back to the car after dark and started driving back, it was a two-ish hour drive on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Even though we were driving 25 to 40 miles per hour, some sort of huge white animal came after our car from behind and was able to close distance and catch us in the car even though we were driving fairly quickly. When we got back a hotel that night, we told the folks working at the hotel we stayed at what happened and they basically said why on earth were you out that way after dark, Terry Skinwalker's out there. Now, the part that's creepy is on the drive out, there was a car with a native guy sleeping in it, we could see him clearly as we drove by slowly. When that animal or whatever it was ran next to the car, my buddy made eye contact with it. He swears to this day that it was that guy sleeping in the car, he can't even really explain it but he's sure. When I typed that I had a story, I'd just gotten back from a bonfire and I'd had a bit of scotch, not a lot but I was loose. I PM'd a couple people this story here, before yesterday, I hadn't even told that story for almost 20 years, literally half my life I haven't told that story, I still haven't even told my wife. After reading all the creepy stories about burial grounds and natives, I thought of one from back in high school. A buddy and I were out shed hunting near an area that was rumored to be an old Native American burial ground. We knew about the rumors, but really didn't think much of it. We finished up the walk and decided to take a short cut back to the truck through an open prairie field. As we're walking, we started to notice lots of depressions and small mounds. About halfway through the field we both had a strange feeling come over us like we were being followed, but there was nothing in sight. We quicken our pace a bit and started to hear rustling in the grass and the wind picked up a lot. We started running and had the feeling like something was physically pulling on the back of our shirts. As soon as we got across the field and back on the road it all just stopped. The wind pretty much quit and the strange feelings went away. 
When we got back to the truck we both had kind of an itchy feeling. Upon closer inspection, it appeared as if we both had scratch marks from fingernails going down our backs. We each had two perfect sets of four scratches about 8 to 10 feet long on our upper back. Never went back to that area again. I'm getting chills as I type this. Twelve years ago I bought a camp in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Like most people with a new place, I spent a lot of time up there year-round for the first few years. So one weekend in February 9th years ago I decided to go on a hike. It was late morning the sun was out and there was a good 18 inches of snow on the ground. I grabbed my old Remington Speedmaster .22LR in case I found a porcupine or something. I loved that beat up old gun and bought it for my trap line when I was 16. Anyways my camp consists of a long maple ridge with a swamp to the east and west of it that consists of white cedar, tamarack and balsam fir. I broke a trail to the back of the property in the heart of the east swamp. As I walked down the back property line I came to a three acre clearing which was deep swamp with a patchwork of tall grass but no trees. The cedars and tamaracks lined the outer ring of the opening. As I walked the edge of the clearing a crow took flight from the forest floor on the other side of it to my left, so I decided to go investigate. Figuring a deer carcass may be over there, I made my way closer. When I made it to the site, sure enough there was a patch of deer fur along with what looked like a wolf track that was a day or two old. I decided to take up the track to see if I could find the carcass or what remained of it as it was heading back to the property line anyway within the aforementioned clearing. I made it 60 feet further when I found part of a deer leg. Huh, a yearling I said to myself as I looked up. I took one more step when a figure stood up in the grass not 30 feet in front of me. Then two more. Wolves. My heart went into overdrive. They merely stood up headed off to my left and were joined by three more. I watched them trot off into the thicket but the last two stopped just inside the tree line 50 feet away and looked at me for a moment before they followed. I remember thinking at the time that if they really wanted to kill me as I walked into their kill site they had plenty of opportunity. I also felt helpless realizing that if they did my little speedmaster wouldn't have been enough to stop them. Wolves are big critters especially when there's two alphas in the pack. I'm proud to say I didn't stain my shorts but I did have a couple shots of whiskey when I made it back to camp. 